President Mike Pence's trip to Israel and what is being broadcast on the mainstream media is splashing the Bible all over the news in a way unseen since the days of the prophets. The nations, witting or not and willing or not, are projecting God's message all over the news, yet they are putting their own spin on it, and for their own purposes. But one cannot but be amazed by the modern-day Cyruses and Alexanders are doing God's bidding. Addressing the Knesset, Vice President Pence reiterated the notable fact of Jerusalem being the capital of Israel. It is deeply humbling for me to stand before this vibrant democracy. <laughs> to have the great honor to address this Knesset, the first Vice President of the United States to be afforded that privilege here in Jerusalem, the capital of the state of Israel. Well, this very statement will become the impetus to bring all nations down to Jerusalem in the very near future. Later the same week, meeting with Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu in Davos, Trump made clear the stakes to the Palestinians for disengaging with America. They disrespected us a week ago by not allowing our great vice president to see them, and we give them hundreds of millions of dollars in aid and support, tremendous numbers, numbers that nobody understands. That money is on the table, and that money's not going to them unless they sit down and negotiate peace. Because I can tell you that Israel does want to make peace, and they're going to have to want to make peace too, or we're going to have nothing to do with it any longer. He then made a very interesting statement regarding Jerusalem, reiterating what he had done earlier and what Pence had emphasized in Israel, referring to the negotiations that have constantly and continuously been installed over the past 20 years. He stated, The hardest subject they had to talk about was Jerusalem. We took Jerusalem off the table. So we don't have to talk about it anymore. They never got past Jerusalem. We took it off the table. We don't have to talk about it anymore. Well, Mr. Trump, if it were only that easy, Jerusalem is not off the table. It is God that has put Jerusalem on the table as the issue that will drag all nations into conflict. As we read in Zechariah 12, verses 2 to 3, Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all people round about, when they shall be in the siege both against Judah and against Jerusalem. And in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people, that burden themselves with it will be cut in pieces, though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. Well, Jerusalem is the cup of trembling that all nations cannot help themselves from drinking, and it will cause them all to reel to and fro like a drunken sailor. It is a burden that will weigh them down and crush them when they come to lay siege against it. Instead of removing Jerusalem from the table, Trump has made it a defining issue. In response, Abbas and the Palestinians have rejected American leadership and have thrown their hat in with Europe, asking the European Union to be the broker for peace in the Middle East. 
Well, Jerusalem is the catalyst that will bring all nations down into the Middle East to the battle of the great day of God Almighty, otherwise known as Armageddon, as we read in Joel chapter 3, verse 1. For behold, in those days and in that time, when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all nations and will bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat and will plead with them there for my people Israel and for my heritage whom they have scattered amongst the nations and parted my land. So Jerusalem is far from off the table. In fact, Eric Shever reported that next month the Prime Minister of Turkey is going to visit the Vatican to discuss the issue of Jerusalem for the first visit from a Turkish leader to the Vatican in almost 60 years. We'll wait and see what comes out of this meeting. In the joint meeting between Pence and Netanyahu, Netanyahu chose to use the opportunity to highlight the growing alliance between the surrounding Arab states and Israel. Earlier today we discussed both common challenges and common opportunities in a very turbulent Middle East. The Vice President and I also discussed opportunities for advancing peace. As countries in the region increasingly realize that Israel is not their enemy but but a great ally of their wishes for a better future, the chances grow for a broader reconciliation. Well, Pence highlighted the fact of the growing alliance between Israel and its neighbors in his speech to the Knesset. He framed it in terms of Abraham's children coming together. Over the past two days, I've traveled to Egypt and Jordan, two nations with whom Israel has long enjoyed the fruits of peace. I spoke with America's great friends, President al-Sisi of Egypt and King Abdullah of Jordan about the courage of their predecessors who forged an end to conflict with Israel in their time. And those two leaders prove every day that trust and confidence can be a reality among the great nations who call these ancient lands home. In my time with those leaders and with your prime minister, we discussed the remarkable transformation that is taking place across the Middle East today and the need to forge a new era of cooperation in our day and age. The winds of change can already be witnessed across the Middle East. Long-standing enemies are becoming partners. Old foes are finding new ground for cooperation. And the descendants of Isaac and Ishmael are coming together in common cause as never before. Well, we know ultimately that Sheba and Dedan will stand with Israel, as Ezekiel 38 dictates, and Israel will seek refuge in Arabia, as Isaiah 19 requires. We are seeing the formation of the final picture. Well, God clearly stated that he would resurrect Israel from the Valley of Dry Bones in Ezekiel chapter 38, where we read, Then said he unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel, Behold, they say, our bones are dried, our hope is lost, and we are cut off from our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves, and I will cause you to come up out of your graves, and bring you into the land of Israel. Ezekiel 37, verses 11 to 12. Well, Vice President Pence testified to the veracity of this fact, although giving credit to the Jewish people and not to God himself. But listen to what he had to say. And down through the generations, the American people, 
became fierce advocates of the Jewish people's aspiration to return to the land of your forefathers, to claim your own new birth of freedom in your beloved homeland. The Jewish people held fast to a promise through all the ages, written so long ago, that even if you'd been banished to the most distant land under the heavens from there, he would gather and bring you back to the land which your fathers possessed. Through a 2,000-year exile, the longest of any people anywhere, through conquests and expulsions, inquisitions and pogroms, the Jewish people held on to this promise. And they held on to it through the longest and darkest of nights. And tomorrow when I stand with my wife at Yad Vashem to honor the six million Jewish martyrs of the Holocaust, we will marvel at the faith and resilience of your people who just three years after walking beneath the shadow of death rose up from the ashes to resurrect yourselves, to reclaim a Jewish future and to rebuild the Jewish state. Now let's be clear. Israel did not resurrect itself. This was the God of Abraham's doing. But nonetheless, the rulers of the most powerful nation on earth acknowledged the fact that the Jewish people had been revived from the grave. This is the Vice President of the United States putting on the public record that the prophetic word has come true. When was the last time the patriarch Abraham got any mention on the world media? Yet listen to Vice President Pence as he connects Abraham of the Bible with the land of Israel. Nearly 4,000 years ago, a man left his home in Ur the Chaldeans to travel here to Israel. He ruled no empire. He wore no crown. He commanded no armies. He performed no miracles. Delivered no prophecies. Yet to him was promised descendants as numerous as the stars of the sky. And so today, as I stand in Abraham's promised land, I believe that all who cherish freedom and seek a brighter future should cast their eyes here to this place and marvel at what they behold. How unlikely was Israel's birth? How more unlikely has been her survival? And how confounding and against the odds has been her thriving. You've turned the desert into a garden, scarcity into plenty, sickness into health, and you turned hope into a future. Israel is like a tree that has grown deep roots in the soil of your forefathers, yet as it grows, it reaches ever closer to the heavens. And today and every day, the Jewish state of Israel and all the Jewish people bear witness to God's faithfulness as well as your own. It was the faith of the Jewish people that gathered the scattered fragments of a people and made them whole again. That took the language of the Bible and the landscape of the Psalms and 
made them live again. And it was faith that rebuilt the ruins of Jerusalem and made them strong again. The miracle of Israel is an inspiration to the world. And the United States of America is proud to stand with Israel and her people as allies and cherished friends. Well, the last time you hear the leaders of empires making public decorations for the people of Israel will be during the days of Darius and Cyrus. The prophet Daniel records Darius's decree that mentions the God of heaven. In Daniel chapter 6, verses 26 to 27, where we read, I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and steadfast forever. And his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall be even unto the end. He delivereth and rescueth, And he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth. Who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions? Not since this decree has the leader of the world quite evoked wording like this, recognizing the miraculous hand of God at work with the nation of Israel in a public decree. Ezra records Cyrus' words that are similar. When we read in Ezra chapter 1, verses 1 to 4, Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, The Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and hath charged me to build him an house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is among you of all his people? His God be with him. Let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is God, which is in Jerusalem. And whosoever remaineth in any place where he sojourneth, let the man of his place help him with silver and with gold and with goods and with beasts, beside the freewill offering for the house of God that is in Jerusalem." Well, not since the time of Cyrus has a world leader recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel in public proclamation and encouraged the Jews to go up and build. We are truly living in miraculous times, especially when the vice president of the United States calls and commits to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And so we will pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That those who love you be secure, that there be peace within your walls and security in your citadels. And we will work and strive for that brighter future where everyone who calls this ancient land their home shall sit under their vine and fig tree and none shall make them afraid with an unshakable bond between our people and our shared commitment to freedom. I say from my heart, may God bless the Jewish people. May God bless the state of Israel and all who call these lands their home. And may God continue to bless the United States of America.
But one thing is for certain. The promise to Abraham was, I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Genesis 12, verse 3. Well, the time of that blessing will soon be upon us, when Messiah will come and complete the promises made to the fathers. We cannot but be impressed that we are living in incredible times, when even the leaders of the world see the hand of God at work. Can we not see them ourselves? Can we not be impressed by them, by the nearness of the Lord's return? The time has come that we read of in the Psalms. Thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion, for the time to favor her, yea, the set time is come. For thy servants take pleasure in her stones, and favor the dust thereof. So the nations shall fear the name of the Lord, and all the kings of the earth thy glory. When the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. And he will regard the prayer of the destitute, and not despise their prayer. This shall be written for the generation to come, and the people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. Psalm 102, verses 13 to 18. Well, that time has come, and even the nations and the kings of the earth are beginning to recognize it. They are far from faithful obedience, but this has been written for the generation to come, and that is our generation. Let us hear the words of the watchers on the walls who cry out. Let us hear the very words of the Bible in the news and prepare ourselves to meet our God. For the Bible in the news, this has been Jonathan Bowen joining you.